All right, let's turn in the Word of God to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 in the Word of God. Amen. I hope you're still drinking from the cup of yes, Lord. Amen. Drinking from the cup of yes, Lord, every day. Amen. And I only have that cup. I only drink from this cup on Sunday, but every day I do try to drink from the cup of <coughs> yes, Lord. Amen. Just pour your life in there every morning. All right. Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll read verses 17 through 32. Verses 17 through 32, Ephesians chapter 4, say this in the Word of God. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. Amen. He'll teach you different. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are member one of, members one of another." And be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. <laughs> Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed in the day of redemption. <laughs> Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, again, we just thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, we are glad that you're the rose that never fades. You're the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. And Lord, thou changest not. Lord, you're the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. And Lord, we're glad about that. We're excited about that. We're excited about who you are and uh, what you are, and Lord, what you desire to do in our life and through our life. Lord, we're excited that you're here this morning, God, that you're in the midst. And Lord, uh, Lord, we want to hear you today. We want to see you today. We want to feel you today. And dear God, I pray we want to yield to you today. So Lord, I pray you'd bless each one that's uh, listening, bless each one that's here. And God, you know everyone's needs, Lord, the physical, the spiritual, uh, Lord, the financial, uh, the emotional, Lord. You know what's going on in hearts and homes. Lord, I pray that you would uh, touch. Lord, I pray that we would allow you uh, to help us. Lord, you're there and uh, you've given the things that we need. But Lord, we need to avail ourselves to those. And I pray we do that. Again, Lord, we pray if there's somebody listening or somebody here that uh, for whatever reason up to this day, they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We pray today that you would convict that heart and open that heart. And today, dear God, that one would turn to you and believe in the death, burial, resurrection, and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, Lord, we pray that you'd be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. So we uh, see these verses here. Uh, it's uh, sort of like the focus there on verse 27, which says this. Notice verse 27. 
neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Think on that thought. But we need to realize, of course, before a person's saved, he definitely has, the devil definitely has influence in their life, right? If you're not saved this morning, hey, uh, the devil has influence in your life. Of course, John 8, 44, Jesus said this to them he was speaking to, you're of your father, the devil. Well, you bet you, if you're not saved, you ever thought about him being your father before you were saved and the lust of your father you will do. For he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. Now we read what the truth is in Jesus, but there's no truth in the devil. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And so uh, before you get saved, hey, you're under the influence of the devil. But hey, once you get saved, things are to change. Things are to be different. And the Bible teaches that. So I want to look at that thought first. Once you're saved, the devil has no place in your life unless you give it to him. The devil has no place in your life unless you give it to him. And it is so important that people understand what took place in their life when they got saved, that you understand what took place in your life when you got saved. Let me give you some verses. Acts 26, 18 says this, to open their eyes and to turn them. Notice that. Turn them what? From darkness to light. You get saved, right? You're turning from darkness to light. You were in the dark. You're under the control there, but now you're turned to light. And from, here it is, the power of Satan. When you're lost, you are under the power of Satan. You say, oh, I'm a pretty good person. Doesn't matter. You're under the power of Satan when you're lost. But when you get saved, what are you doing? You're turning from the power of Satan to God, the verse says. Why? That you may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So when you get saved, you've turned from the power of Satan to the power of God. Of course, that word power means the authority of, the dominion of. You're under the authority of when you're not saved. You're under the authority of Satan. You're under the dominion of Satan. That's right. It has to do with the, uh, the, the power over person. So uh, whoever's power you're under, right, they have power in your life. So that's the question. Who rules your life? Who's ruling your life today, Satan or God? Colossians 1.13 says this, who hath, talking about we've been delivered, who hath delivered us, here it is again, from the power of darkness. You've been delivered from that power, right? It should no longer have authority in your life. It should no longer have influence in your life. It should no longer have dominion in your life and hath translated us into the kingdom of of his dear son. So there's a drastic change when you get saved. You no longer belong to the devil. Amen. You say he was your father, but hey, you're in a new family now, right? Uh, you no longer belong to the devil. You know what? He's lost all parental rights. Think about that. He lost all parental rights when you got saved. He was your father, but the moment you got birthed into that new family and adopted into that new family, the devil lost all parental rights in your life. And you know what? He didn't even get visiting rights. <laughs> He's not even supposed to have visiting rights. That's right. He didn't have a, he lost his parental rights and he lost even visiting rights. You are now in Christ. 
And now Christ is to dictate how we conduct ourselves as believers. <laughs> Turn back over to Romans 6. Romans 6. And we see several verses here that help us uh, see the great things that happened to us when we got saved and why the devil should no longer have any power, any influence in our life. Romans 6, 6 says this, knowing this, right? You're supposed to know this. You know you have eternal life. Amen. Thank God you know you have eternal life. Well, you know what? After you know you have eternal life, you're supposed to learn some other things. You're supposed to know some other things, right? You're supposed to be learning your whole life. We're, we're learning together. We're continuously learning together. Romans 8, knowing this, what? Well, I know what I'm saved, so what else should I know? That our old man is crucified with him, Jesus Christ. Notice this statement, that the body of sin, notice that statement, the body of sin might be destroyed. Now, listen, pay attention to that phrase, the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth, what does that word mean, henceforth? That means from this point, from the moment you got saved, from this point forward, what? We should not serve sin. Why? There's no reason to. The devil no longer has power in our life. Sin no longer has power in our life. Romans 6, 7, for he that is dead is what? Freed from sin. Now we saw that phrase, the body of sin. Think about that. What does it mean? Well, if you think about the body of sin, now we know it talks about that old man, but also you need to realize this when we think about the body of sin. That word body means the whole, an aggregate, a collective mass, if you will, right? This collective mass of sin that was in your life, or when it talks about that old man, we might say this, the seat of sinful affections and appetites right? The seat of sinful affection appetites, that massive sin in your, your, your life is what? Christ came and he destroyed it. That it has no power in your life. That word destroyed means rendered inactive, made to cease, right? God said, you stop right there. You're out of here. He destroyed it. it means useless, means put an end to I mean, how can it be any clearer than that? Let me give you a, another verse that mentions that body. Colossians 2.11 says this, And whom also ye are circumcised, right? With the circumcision made without hands, right? Because it's talking about the circumcision of the heart. That circumcision made without hands. In what? Here it is. Putting off the body of sins. Right, Not just that, that old man, but the body, that mass of sin itself, if you will. Putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Jesus Christ. So he, God, dealt with that. The power of the gospel dealt with that. When it came, when that dynamite came and it exploded in your life, amen, it blew those things right out of there. What a wonderful thing that is. Notice verse 4 of Romans 6. Therefore, right, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Now, remember, every time you see the word baptism in the Bible, it's not talking about water baptism, okay? It means 
other things too, right? We were baptized into Christ. Uh, that's a spiritual baptism. Again, the word baptism just means to be placed into, fully immersed, right? When you got saved, you were completely placed in Christ. By, by baptism into death, that like as Christ, notice that statement, like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also... Right, Because we identified with Christ as far as God the Father is concerned. Amen. We were in Him and we went through the same thing. We also should walk in newness of life. You got saved. Things are different. We have a new residence. Uh, somebody took up new residence in your life. You're in a new family. That newness means this, not an experience similar to the past. Notice that statement. Not an experience similar to the past. In other words, <laughs> the life you should be living should not be similar to the past. It shouldn't be similar to the life you were living before you say you got saved. If you're still living, like if you say, oh, I got saved on this day, but you're still living like you used to live, I would check up on that. That does not line up with the word of God. You know, I was talking to somebody recently. I said, well, I know somebody got saved and they never went to church and they never did it. I got thinking about that. And I said, no, I don't think it's so. Hey, you can say what you want. But, you know, uh, we're birthing the family of God and God doesn't have any stillbirths. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, everybody that's born in his family is born alive. Amen. And uh, ready to serve him. So that means that word new is not an experience similar to the past, but qualitatively different. One, right? It should be totally different. Why? Because of the indwelling Christ that is now in your life since you've gotten saved. Verse 9 of Romans 6, a lot of good stuff in this chapter. Knowing, here it is again. Verse 6, we saw the word knowing. Verse 9, we see the word knowing. So, hey, you know you're saved? Well, do you know this also? Do you know what happened, what took place in your life when you got saved? That Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, and notice that bit, and death have no what? No more dominion over him. Death no, has no power over him. Death has no authority in Christ's life, right? It has no authority. That word dominion means to exercise mastery over, to, to completely dominate, if you will, to bring into subjection. There's no way that death can bring Christ into subjection. Well, the, it says there in Acts, right, it, that he should what? Not be holding of it. I love that statement, that he should not be. Of course, there's no way death could have a hold on him. But before you got saved, death had a hold on you. But now that you're saved, now that you're in Christ, just like it has no, no dominion over Christ, it has no dominion over you. The reason death has no more dominion is why? Because sin hath no more dominion. Because, right, the power of sin is what? Death. And death can't have power over you if sin has no power over you. You're in Christ. So the same thing applies to you. Notice verse 11. Notice that word, likewise. Likewise. What is that word? In the same manner. Just like these things in Christ, just like sin has no more power over him and these things have no authority over Christ, well, likewise, in the same manner, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. You're dead unto sin, but alive. You are alive, but you're not alive to sin, right? God took care of that. You're not what? Alive unto God. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a wonderful thing that is. Verse 12. Let not sin, see, did you notice that statement? Let not, 
Sin therefore reign in your mortal. You got a choice now. Sin does not need to reign in your mortal body. Sin does not need to have power in your life. Let not you make the decision now, reign in your mortal body, that you should what? Obey it in the lust thereof. Verses 17 and 18. But God be thanked, verse Romans 6, 17, God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Right? In Corinthians, such were some of you. You've been changed. That ye were the servants of sin, that is, when the devil was your father, that is, when you were under the power of Satan, when you're under the power of darkness, you were the servants of sin, but now you're not. You've been saved, but you, what did you do? You have obeyed from the heart. There it is. The form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, right? That, that, that good, sound doctrine, that good, sound teaching of the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, amen, and shed blood of Jesus Christ was delivered to you and, you, and, and, and that Jesus is the only way that was delivered to you one day and you say, what? Hey, I believe it, amen. God allowed you to believe it and you did. Verse 18, so then being made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So the devil, right, You've been delivered from the power of Satan, right? Uh, uh, you're now under the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of the Word of God. But do you think the devil's going to give up? No, he's not going to give up. Of course, the devil is going to try, right, to influence your life just like he did with Christ himself. We all know about Jesus getting baptized and then uh, going into that time of temptation, 40 uh, days there in the wilderness. And it says this in Luke 14, after the devil tempted him. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him. Isn't that great? Don't you wish that's where the period was? What are the next two words? I mean, three words, four seasons. For a season. That's right. Now think about this. He departed for a season. He didn't give up on trying to mess up Jesus, and he's not going to give up on trying to mess up your life, trying to mess up your testimony, even though you're saved. He didn't forget about you. He didn't forget about you. He knows right where you're at. The devil does not give up in his effort to influence your life. Now, if he, now think about this. If he had no problem confronting Christ himself, he, 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 didn't, he, he didn't walk, I guarantee he didn't walk up to Christ timidly in that sense, you know what I mean, in the temptation. I mean, look how bold he was in tempting Christ. How much more he's certainly going to have no problem in confronting those that are in Christ. He didn't have any problem confronting Christ. He's not going to have any problem confronting those that are in Christ. The devil does not give up. But, and remember this, the devil is very deceptive. Of course, 2 Corinthians 11, 14 says, And no marvel, don't be shocked, for Satan himself was transformed into an angel of light. One of the nicest people you ever met was the devil. Remember that. Hey, hey, young ladies, remember, one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet is the devil trying to slip into your life. Young men, remember, one of the nicest people, one of the, one of the prettiest people you ever meet is the devil trying to slip into your life. You better remember that, young man. You better remember that, young ladies, right? Oh, he's so nice. Yeah? Well, you better uh, check some other things, amen, besides his niceness. Hey, you better check something on that young lady besides her beauty or whatever the case might be because, listen, the devil does it, could care less about messing up your life and your testimony. Don't be a marvel, amen, when he shows up with that nice smile.
He has his ways of trying to get to us. Ephesians 6, 11 gives that warning, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What's that word wiles mean? Methods of his working. The methods of his working. That you might be able to stand the methods in which he's going to try to work his way into your life. The methods in which he's going to try and destroy your life. The methods in which he's going to try and mess up your testimony. Now, going back to Ephesians 4 and verse 27, again says, neither give place to the devil, the devil. And then, you know, we saw all those verses there. And who's the author of all the bad behavior mentioned in these verses? Well, the devil. Remember this, the devil has a desire. God has a will for your life. God has a desire for your life. The devil has a will for your life. The devil has a desire for your life, even as a child of God. And what is that? (laughs) To deceive us. He wants to deceive you, to degrade us, to distress us. Why? Because he wants to destroy us. That's what he wants to do. Again, we know what Jesus said to Peter. And the Lord said unto Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired. Listen, he desired that for Peter, and he desires what? The sit him as we, and he desires that for you. Think about that. The devil and all his cohorts have a desire for your life. We all know 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Again, your adversary. He used to be your father, but he hadn't forgot about you. Now he's your adversary. As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 17, notice where it's placed. It's placed right in between a verse that talks about anger and then another verse that talks about stealing. Look at that. Be angry. Notice your wrath. Let him that stole. Think about that. Anger and theft. It is not wrong to be angry for what is right, but it's not right to be angry wrongly. It's wrong when anger has a control of us instead of us having a control of it. The devil would love for us to react wrongly in anger and emotionally so he can steal our testimony. So that's why you have that warning. Neither. That word means also not. In other words, don't do this. Hey, here, I'm telling you something. Don't do this. And what does it say? What's that next word? Again, give. That word gives means of one's own accord to make a way, to make a way. Hey, we just saw in all those verses and there's more. Hey, the devil has no authority in your life. He has no place in your life, right? Jesus took up residence. The Holy Spirit took up residence. The new man took up residence. The devil is to have no place in your life unless, again, you give it to him, right? Place, that means to make room for. Unless you say, well, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, You know, I'm tired of this Christian thing. Hey, devil, come on in. Or, hey, here's a little space for you, is what you do in your life. Other verses warn about the devil having opportunity. Let me give you some other verses that talk about giving the devil opportunity in your life. Romans 13, 14. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Make not provision. That means don't, uh, for what? The flesh, which is what the devil works through. For what? To fulfill the lust thereof, which is what the devil works through. Make no provision. What does that mean? Don't provide an opportunity for the devil to work through your flesh. 
Don't provide an opportunity for the devil, amen, uh, uh, to stir up your lust and then you act on it. Let me give you a, a couple other verses. Now here it's talking about pastors, but the principle can apply to anybody. 1 Timothy 3, 6 and 7. Of course, talking about when you're looking for a pastor, not a novice, less being lifted up with what? Pride. And what happens if you get lifted up with pride? Fall into the condemnation of the devil. Right, You fall right into his hands. Pride gets in your life. Man, you just fell right into his hands. First, verse 7 of 1 Timothy 3. Moreover, he must what? Have a good report of them which are without. Why? Here's again. Lest he fall into reproach. And here it is. The snare of the devil. Oh, I got him where I want him. I got him right. Oh, I got her right where I want her. I, I got pride in her life. I got pride in his life. I got him right where I want him. Oh, I got them, right? Uh, I, I messed up their testimony. Oh, I got them right where I want them. That, that pride problem. Good report means a testimony of quality and character, a testimony that's honorable. Well, uh, young people, as you're praying for that maid or you're praying for that job or you're praying for that school, you should also be praying, Lord, help me to keep my testimony honorable. Help me to keep my, uh, uh, the, the quality of my character what it should be as a child of God. When we are prideful and don't live a good testimony, we give the devil place. So I'm going to give you a couple other verses that talk about letting the devil slip in. 1 Timothy 5.14. I will, therefore, that young women marry, bear children, guide the house, Look at this, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. What? Give none occasion for the devil to have a place. Give none occasion for the devil to slip in. Because look, what, look at verse 15. For some are already turned aside to Satan. Why? Occasion means opportunity, right? They, they gave opportunity to Satan in their life. Why? How did they give place to Satan, Right? Because they weren't in their proper place as a woman. They weren't in their proper place as a young lady, and the devil slipped in. They didn't desire God's will for their life, right? Which in this case included Mary, bear children, guide the house. You know, those are still biblical things for young women, even in 2022. And what did they do? They said, oh, I want to do something else. And the devil got a place in their life and destroyed their testimony. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 4 and 5. says this, The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 7. Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves the fasting and prayer. Hey, uh, uh, notice this. Amen. There's some strong influences in our lives as humans, but the strongest influence for a Christian should be his desire and his walk with God. And he's willing to set anything aside to make sure that walk is what it should be. The thing we should love more than anything, any desire in our life should be the Lord Jesus Christ. He should come above everything in our life. And notice what it says, that you give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and look at this, and come together again. Look at here, that the Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. What? That you don't give occasion to the devil, that you don't give a place to the devil. So think about this, that Satan tempts you not, that you don't give place to the devil. 
So what, what, what's this verse teach us? Well, it teaches us one thing is when a husband and a wife do not fulfill their proper role towards each other, they give a place to the devil. They give a place to the devil. Now, of course, the context here we know is, uh, if you understand it, is physical relations, right? That's a big place the devil slips in in people's lives. But in any role for a husband, in any role for a wife, when they're not fulfilling their proper role towards each other, they're given a place for the devil to slip in to their life. Going back to Ephesians 4. So these verses in Ephesians 4 are telling us what? To live out what Romans 6 tells us we now have the power to. Hey, hey, we've got some good news for you over there in Romans 6. Satan no longer has any authority in your life. He no longer has any place in your life. He has no power in your life. There's no reason for him to have influence in your life. And so in these verses, of course, when we read these verses down through verse 32 in, in, in Ephesians 4, we see some areas where if we're not careful, we can give place to the devil. We can give place to the devil. If you look through there, you'll see this in our lifestyle, right? Former conversation. That's our lifestyle. Your lifestyle matters in our mind. Don't give place to him in your lifestyle. Don't give place to him in your mind, in our heart, in our communication, in our reactions or responses, in our work ethic. Notice about don't steal anymore. Hey, it's right for a man to work. Listen, I always say this. Some things you don't have to pray about, right? It tells you that. You might pray about which job or which career, but it says there, in our, in our work ethic and in our attitude. Many of those things are mentioned in these verses. We must constantly be on guard. And these verses are giving us warning and guidance so we don't give place to the devil. Notice that you read through those verses again. I'll just get is and what do we see? Put off. Be renewed. Put on. Put away. Let not. No more. Let no. Grieve not. Let all. You see? You see all those phrases that are giving us warning? Hey, be warned. Be careful right here. Be careful in your manner of life. <laughs> be careful uh, uh, what's going on in your mind. Better renew the spirit of your mind. You got to start thinking different. You're a believer. Hey, don't let the devil slip in here on your temper. Don't let the devil slip in here in your attitude. Don't let the devil slip into this. Don't give him place in this area of your life. Influence your life. Because as you go through these verses, why is it telling us to let not? Why is he telling us to put away? Why is he telling us to put on and all these things? Because it's telling us, verses 21, 22, 23, verse 22, right? We should have a different way of living. Verse 23, a different way of thinking. Verse 24, a different man at the controls, the new man. Verse 25, a different way of answering, right? Uh, don't, 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 don't get wrath in there. A soft word, turn to the right wrath, right? Uh, a different way of responding, Verse 26, verse 28, a different way of providing, right? Don't steal, get a job. Verse 29, a different way of communicating. Verse 30, a different spiritual relationship with the Holy Spirit. Verse 32, a different attitude. Verse 32 also, right, a different heart. Notice verse 32, let's look at that for a minute. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another forgiving. Remember this, forgiveness. Listen, we all get hurt, right? We all do stupid and we all have stupid happen to us, right? But forgiveness is one of the ways we can stop the devil in his tracks. 
from getting a place in our heart. Be ye. Let me give you a couple of 2 Corinthians. I think 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 go along with this verse. To whom Paul said this, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Now, why is it? He's making a big deal out of forgiveness, right? And why is he doing that? Verse 11 of 2 Corinthians. Why? Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. You walk around with unforgiveness in your heart. That boy, that root of bitterness gets in and all those things the Bible talks about. And what are you doing? You're letting the devil get advantage of you. You're giving him a place in your heart to, to, to rule and to reign and to influence. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. We might say it this way, get the upper hand. We don't want to let the devil get the upper hand. Amen. We want to let the hand of God control everything. For we are not what ignorant of his devices. Right. As believers, we should not be ignorant of his devices. We don't want him to get an advantage in our life. We don't want him to get the upper hand in our life. Right. So in one way we see here is if we keep unforgiveness in our heart and his devices. Again, that means we saw there about the wiles, the way he works. These devices means the things he devises or plans, what he plots against us. You can be sure if you are serious about God, the devil is serious about plotting against you, right? Was it Acts 19? Jesus I know and Paul I know, who are you? Does the devil know who you are? Not because you're living for him, because you're living for God. And he's saying, hey, that guy's getting something done. That guy's serious about walking with God. Get an advantage. So when you are a believer... Saying, well, I'm just that way doesn't cut it. <laughs> Saying I'm just that way doesn't cut it. No, no. The Bible says you were that way. Stop being that way. And now let God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God have full control in your life. Because I'm just that way. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> You're just that way. We are not supposed to be you, if you know it. I'm saying certainly people have different personalities and temperaments, but the controlling Holy Spirit and biblical truth are there to help us do the right thing, despite just the way we are. Amen. That's why they're supposed to have more influence in our life. So as we finish up here, think about this. If God is in his proper place, if Christ is in his proper place, if the Holy Spirit is in his proper place, if God's word, hide, hide his word in our heart that we might not sin against him, if God's word is in his proper place, and if we are in our proper place, then the devil won't have place in our lives because his proper place is no place in our lives. Amen. As notice, uh, again, we know James 4, 7, submit to God, there's the key. Submit. Are you submitted to God? Today, July uh, 17, 2022, are you submitted to God? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He's not, and listen, he, he will flee from you, but remember, he's really not fleeing from you. He's fleeing from the one in you. Amen. That's who he's fleeing from. Remember uh, the saying we all like, right? When the devil knocks, let Jesus answer the door. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Verse, notice verse 30. It says what? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not. When we give place to the devil, 
We give him a place in our lives that should be, that's supposed to be occupied by the Holy Spirit. That's supposed to be occupied by God. And so what? When the devil sees you, make him move out of the way, move him, make him move out of an area in your life so that the devil can move that area in your life. You know what that does? That grieves the Holy Spirit. That makes him sad, sorrowful. It's not the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be grieved. You might say it this way. Do you know when the Holy Spirit gets grieved in our life? When we stop getting grieved over sin. If we keep a tender heart about the wickedness of sin, right? Hate sin and eschew evil. If we'll make sure God help me to be grieved over sin. The best way not to grieve the Holy Spirit is to you get grieved over sin in your life. Is to you get grieved over God not having the proper place in his life. Is for you to get grieved for Jesus Christ not having the proper place in your life. Is to get you get grieved for the Holy Spirit not having his proper place in your life. Is for you to get grieved over the word of God not having his proper place in your life. Is for you to get, if you get grieved over those things, right? That's a good way to stop the Holy Spirit from getting grieved, amen? It's better, let me get grieved over sin so I don't do it, so that it, I end up doing it and then the Holy Spirit gets grieved. Again, so it's not the Holy Spirit that should be grieved, it is us. If we are grieved by sin and flee it, that will keep us happy and the Holy Spirit happy. So again, verse 27, neither give. If he's got place in your life, it's because you gave it to him. Don't say, oh, well, no, no, no. It's because you gave it. You, you can blame no one but yourself. If the devil has a place in your heart right now, a place in your life right now, you can't blame. You know, uh, some of the older ones, we remember old Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. If he made you do it, it's because you allowed him that place in your life. You gave him the authority in that area, a place where he has no right to have authority in your life because that authority was given to Jesus Christ and God when you got saved. So I ask you, if you're honest before God this morning, matter of fact, let's just close our eyes and bow our head for a moment and think about this. If you're honest before God, is there a place in your life today? Is there an area in your life that you are giving place to the devil, that you're giving place to the devil. You know, another way to ask that question is this. Is Christ Lord of all your life? Remember, he's, he is Lord, and we're to let him be Lord over area of our life. So I ask you this morning, if you're honest, is there a place? And you know, and you know, don't be, don't, 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 listen, you know, you know, and you know, you may not think it, but other people know too. They know it too. Is there a place in your life where you've given place to the devil? Is Christ Lord of all in your life? So as Brother Ari comes and we get to sing the song, if you, if you're honest and you say, if I'm honest with myself, it's not like you just, just come forward and say, Lord, I want to give that place back to you. I want to give that place back to you. I want you to have all of me, and I want you to be the Lord of my life, amen, that you're supposed to be from the moment I got saved. What song do you have? I surrender all. All right, we're going to sing that song. Let's all stand. If you need it there, pray. You need to come forward and pray. Let the Lord have his way.